Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to New Books in Media and Communications. I'm Monica Wookie, the host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking to James Pointer about his new book, Trump Tweets, His Social Media Phenomena. James Pointer, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Monica. Now, I understand, James, that this is your first book. Yes, yes, um, it is. Um, you know, I figured uh, might as well do something interesting for my first one. I'll make it too easy for myself. Well, you certainly did that. So congratulations on that. It is an interesting book. We'll get into more depth in a second with that. James, I'd just like you to start off with giving a little bit of a bio about yourself. Sure. Uh, so um, I'm, uh, I was born in, in the UK, in Northern Ireland, um, and uh, I have a degree in creative writing, uh, but in engineering in, in, uh, in, in engineering. So uh, I've been involved uh, in global media uh for uh, most of my of my working adult life um mainly in the background in in, in broadcasting uh which means i've had the opportunities to not only work uh at home in the um in my original home in the uk but but in the middle east for al jazeera um and also now in melbourne and um through that freelance work i've been able to to do some live um live broadcasting work for for like uh, during the uh, the summer and winter olympic games in the last last what six years so just gives me um this uh, sense of 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 global global perception of 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 the world and 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 how um people of in in important positions in in sort of politics and the media are perceived by the different sort of media groups around the world um, these days, um, as well as as well as writing books, um, I also um, co-edit the uh, our local paper, the Warrandyte Diary, with my my partner, um, and that keeps us pretty busy. So um, I'm pretty much a jobbing journalist these days, and uh, with a bit of book writing on the side. Hmm, bit of jack of all trades. Uh, that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, first of all, why Trump tweets? What drew you to the subject matter? Well. So, uh, Wilkinson Publishing, um, I, I know that it's a small publishers in Melbourne and I'm, uh, I met the, the guy who runs the company, um, about six months prior to, uh, to this book, um, over the idea of doing a, a different project, which, which fell through. Um, and then just, it was just a coincidence. He, uh, you know, uh, New Year's Eve, uh, just gone he i get a i get an email from him saying oh we're thinking about doing this 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 book about trump and and how he tweets and you know something like 100 funniest tweets and, and stuff like that so i i said okay I'll, I'll have a think about it and and uh being being sort of driven by by uh literature and literary ideas and 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 sort of the how words are used to convey ideas um 
and having, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I had a tiny bit of a man crush on Hunter S. Thompson for a while and all this stuff. And I, and I kind of figured, oh, you know, let's, we could do uh, Trump's 100 funniest tweets and uh, that's a bit boring. And yeah, we could whack out in three weeks, but it's a bit boring. So, so why not, why not do something a bit more Thompson-esque and, and look at, you know, Trump on the campaign trail? And I thought, well, how am I qualified for this? Well, I'm not really qualified for this, but, you know, sort of I'm, I'm not a political journalist, but I, I am aware of social media and I'm aware of how communication um, is perceived by by people and how, how media thinks that people perceive media. So so I just pitched this idea. I thought, well, why don't we just track his campaign through through social media and and, and see if. The things, the policies that he's pushing are indeed what he thinks. And three weeks later, we had the, the first draft of a book. Um, it was and, and that was it, really. It was just this 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 interesting idea. And, and I thought, oh, you know, why not? I mean, Trump is is the president of the United States and the, the U.S. is is a global player. Everybody in in you know, even the smallest way is affected by U.S. policy, especially foreign policy. So, you know, who's the best person to write that sort of book? Well, um, without sounding egotistical, a, a person who has global experience, a person who has experienced the world, uh, especially through media, um, is maybe able to bring this sense of objectivity to what he does. And to, to look at it not not from a from a political alignment point of view, but just from 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 how he's perceived globally. And that was a that was about it really. It was just just this this crazy idea. And and you know I figured well you know why not? Let's give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? And and I mean I guess the only the only thing is when I was writing the book, I didn't uh, the idea that he was going to become the president of the United States. Uh, I was I was aware of that idea, but it hadn't really entirely sunk in. I think if it had been a month later and they'd said, oh, we want to write a book about Donald Trump's reading habits and he was already the president. I think I may have I may have said no, because it's it's the only way I can compare it to. It's a bit like saying, oh, uh, you know, because I'm English, it'd be like saying, oh, you know, we want you to write a book about the queen and how she uses Facebook. You know, I would sort of. I don't think I'd go near that because that's terrifying. And, you know, and the idea of the book is terrifying. Um, right. You know, be, just because because of who he is. Um, but at the time, I was sort of caught up in this 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 romance of being this this political writer and this commentator and, you know, being able to practice this idea of being, you know, the doctor of words, you know, Thompson esque. Um and 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 I did it. Fantastic! It sounds like it was a very organic process, and we I I got that feeling as I was reading the book. So let's let's jump straight into it now. You break the book up into very specific milestones: Trump versus mm -hmm. ISIS, Trump versus Obamacare, etc. Sure. I think this is naturally how a lot of people perceive Trump as he's fighting the world, he's fighting his enemies. But mm -hmm. you start with Trump versus the Republicans. Why yes. Trump against his own party? Well, he, uh, we know, we know a little bit more now. So, so we know that that this, um, the relationship that he has 
was not uh, it was maybe more manufactured than it was perceived at the time and 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 i guess the thing to remember is that is that when when i was writing this he he hadn't been he was yes he'd won the the vote uh, he was going to become the republican runner but he he wasn't it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to become president um so there's a lot of stuff we know now which we didn't know then but to get back to the question, um, he was—he's this rogue element. He's—he's he's this outsider. He has—he has no political experience compared to to everybody. All of the other sixteen other candidates who were running, um, and they saw him as dangerous because he had these—he has these crazy wild ideas, um, and because he knows how to work people there was this serious concern i believe within the republican party that he was gonna derail the entire republican party by being the man who who represents them so you look at all of the the uh the debates and the the people who you normally say were gonna were gonna be the contenders so yeah you've got um Oh, their names have left me now. That's really irritating. Such a um, long time ago now. <laughs> um, the names of uh, whoever they were. Um, sorry, that's terrible. Um, whoever they were, they the, the the key players. They they were who you who you think were going to run against Hillary. Um, whereas he was he's scary. He's 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 you know without in many ways he's a bit of a dictator you know he 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 approaches he approaches he approached the american election like it was a business strategy and that was it he he saw the presidency as a job as a business opportunity and and that's how he progressed and that isn't conventional politics and the fear is i think the fear was that he was he was not only going to derail the Republican Party, but he's going to upset the way that people perceive the, how politics works in the US. And and they didn't want that. You know, they, they need a, they need a candidate they can control. The, the Republican needs, Party needs someone on side. And Trump wasn't on side. And he probably still isn't on side. He's he, he's Trump. You know, he's he's not he's not blah 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 Republican Party he's it's he's just Donald Trump so they they if you analyze the what he says and what they say both in the debates and on Facebook and Twitter or in the media you had this trend where they were trying their dandest to 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 stop him but they were restricted to within the, the confines of, of political norms which which is never going to work this person so that's why I decided to open with that, because I wanted to illustrate that he was this this rogue candidate, um, but also because we needed a way to 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 get into the book, and it made sense to start with his battle to become um, the nominated um, Republican Party representative. You've mentioned the debates a couple of times. Then mm. it was fantastic for a lot of people to watch the debates comparing his rhetoric to the other candidates. You mm-hmm. did note, however, that in the final Republican debate, his rhetoric calmed, he was a bit more embracing, 
He received a lot of support on Twitter afterwards and his detractors were much more subdued than usual. What yes. changed? Uh, I think he... So this is this is an interesting shift that, that we sort of noticed post post the time of the book, you, you you see this as well, which is so it's worth mentioning now. Um it's just it's just it's a business strategy. So he, he has this aggressive uh, hostile takeover approach to business where he has to he has to, you know, annihilate the opposition and, and, and he has similar ideas when he's talking about military strategy, you know, about annihilating the enemy, about, you know, sort of shock and awe and all that stuff. And so he gets to the point where he's well, he's won, essentially. And now his job is to is to um unite the country. So I think I think he just he just he just changed gears. He just he went from Trump the aggressor to 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 Trump the the politician in in a in a scary sense, um, and and he just he had to start doing the job. So and you can't as much as it's very entertaining to watch Trump berate um, everybody who disagrees with him, but I think even he realised that that's not a successful strategy to to uniting a country behind him. And I think if he'd continued his aggressive approach that the the subsequent protests which happened after he was elected uh inaugurated sorry um would have been on a much grander scale and we'd have been looking at a situation where he would he would have been removed from office due to you know widespread public protests i think he just he just it was all it was always his plan he always planned to be aggressive to his competitors and then to be nice to the people to get them behind him. And I think that's why he did it. And it was it was nice in a way because it showed that he was capable of 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 acting uh, diplomatic and, and political, even even if it's only a tiny sliver of of those qualities that he does possess them. You've mentioned the shock and awe tactics and how he likes mm-hmm. to go after everyone. I think. No one since kindergarten has used so many nicknames than Trump. <laughs> you, yeah. you noted that the phrase crooked Hillary appeared 72 times in July alone. Yes. What effect do nicknames like this have? Well, um, he's, this is, this is, this is a little, this is also about his, his, his embracing of, 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 social media he's 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 all about catchphrases and 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 memorable sort of phrases and quotes and all this stuff and this is this is how this is how people people use social media and and i think um i think it had a big effect you know he he was it's you know you you have a somebody if somebody in a significant position in society labels someone else in a certain way for good or bad things it's people the the um the people that make up that society they they take that on board and you know and and it's all about it's all about communicating an idea simply so he could have gone through the the the, a long-winded diatribe about about uh why hillary clinton uh was corrupt 
um and then people wouldn't listen to it but by just by just by just you know crooked hillary or or any of the other um phrases he used through his entire campaign i mean there's you know we'll talk about that later there's there's an entire chapter on 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 his hashtag policy which was which is a major drive uh which falls under the same idea it's all about giving people who aren't necessarily engaged in the political process um an idea that they can latch on to um he's you know he, he in many ways he's trying to speak the mind of 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 the common person you know the, the 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 voters that will come out in droves and will get him into power are the people that he is trying to connect with and and you know everybody everybody can relate to a catchphrase it's easy to remember you don't need to remember you don't need a hell of a lot of background information you just you have one phrase and you can roughly uh link it to an idea and then that's all you need and then and then people feel that they're included in a process because because they can they can use this catchphrase um effectively and and they can say it and people will know what they're talking about so would you say these catchphrases and nicknames are not only a rhetorical device that trump uses to reinforce a certain message, but in a way, it's also a natural byproduct of the medium that he's using. Yes, yes, I think that's that's uh, that's accurate. Yes, he. I mean, totally. It's it's. I guess it's all to do with the the technology, like say Twitter, for example, where where we're limited to. To, to a certain number of characters, 100, 142 characters. And I know that that's, it's developed now that that's no longer a thing because people, as Trump does, you know, you do these entire essays on Twitter and they're just all linked together. But, but the basic idea is, 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 is something short and succinct. Um, and, and I think that uh, to, uh, to, to, to deviate slightly, that I, I read um, an interesting study the other day which said that uh, the the current the latest generation of of, of uh, I guess uh, youths using using social media now have a shorter attention span than goldfish and goldfish has an attention span of twelve seconds and the average attention span of of a teenager is about seven so 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 as a society uh, who have been trained to 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 use uh, these amazing tools to communicate globally. Or even locally with 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 our with with strangers and our peers, um, that our attention spans have dropped, and and people are looking for for essentially um, linguistic shorthand um, to allow them to communicate ideas. Um, so yeah, I think his 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 use of catchphrases and hashtagging is a is a byproduct of of the age of social media where we live in, but. It's also key to to communicating with people because because our attention spans have become a byproduct of the age of social media and digital communication. So it's it's the only way uh, to be successful. There's I talk about the end of the book. There's this um, some of the most successful um, candidates in in American uh, political history have been the ones who have found a way to to not only embrace but harness. Uh, new forms of communication 
uh, to their advantage. And Trump is just the next rung on the ladder. He's he's okay. Obama did use Twitter and Facebook, and Obama linked the White House page to Facebook, and he did lots of amazing things. But but Trump was the first one to to where his primary campaign policy took place in in the in the in the in the digital space. You made the reference there before to the end of the book where you talk about how successful presidential communicators harness new technologies. Mm-hmm. Throughout the book you compare Hillary's sorry <clears throat> excuse me. You compare Hillary's and Trump's tweets. For example, yes. when discussing the response to ISIS, you show when Trump tweets it has two ones in particular that stood out to me. He said, only I can defeat ISIS. And mm-hmm. Obama is the founder of ISIS. Yes. To, to which Hillary simply responds, no, Obama is not the founder of ISIS. So yes. Do you think that Hillary perhaps lagged behind in this uptake of new technology? Because obviously she was using it, but as you can see there, the rhetoric is worlds apart. Yeah, no, totally. This is, I mean, um, I think this is why why eventually, um, you know, he won. Because the only, the only, in, in my opinion, the only way that um, if, if, if anybody other than Donald Trump was running as the Republican candidate, then they, it was Hillary Clinton's election she was going to get it you know the the american uh, government system has made amazing leaps and bounds since they elected barack obama and and you know they were going to go from the first century the first black president in american history to to having the first woman president in american history which was would have been an amazing evolutionary step forward in 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 politics uh, in the US and would have probably done amazing things for, 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 you know, equality and human rights as well. Um, But, but that was, that was what the politicians wanted. That's what the, 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 the the people in politics and the, the, um, the, the percentage of Americans, which were actively engaged in politics, this is what they wanted. Whereas, what they were competing against were the, you know, the 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 out of work, um, shell oil uh, workers and the, the 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 conventional industries which were being um, systematically um, uh, uh, disassembled um, for for you know for for global warming for economics for all sorts of reasons and. And that's that was the battleground. And yes, and although Hillary and Barack Obama were were using social media, um, they didn't have the history. He he's the 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 joy of writing this book was to be able to go back and look look at Trump's history on on Twitter, and and he's he's used it and all the time, and he's so comfortable with it now that he just he just says what he wants and. And so, so yeah, that's, you know, they were never going to compete with him on that front. I don't think any, anybody in that election was, was able to use Twitter as effectively as Donald Trump. 
because he's been doing it for so long. You know, he he's he just uses it naturally. What the perception is that he he's 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 it's almost become an extension of himself. In fact, I I'm I'm still convinced that it is an extension of himself. You know, there's this great. Uh, I noticed it um, must have been about oh, about six weeks after <clears throat> six weeks after the the book the timeline of the book finishes and he starts sort of he's gearing up his 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 uh, his, his social media uh, action again and he starts to um, well at first he's he's sort of moderating himself so so his POTUS Twitter account is a lot more initially is a lot more balanced than 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 at Donald Trump. Um, but then at some point he starts, POTUS starts retweeting what Donald Trump is saying, um, which, I mean, uh, the ego of the man, I mean, to, to, they're, you know, they're essentially the same person. And, and, and often now you see there's a bit of a blur and sometimes you can't tell if he's being POTUS or if he's being Donald. Um, but you know, he's, there's only someone who's that comfortable with, with a social media platform. Only that person can, can, you know, imagine that it's okay to retweet yourself on a different account. You know, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's no one, no one, only he could have done what he did. Um, the others, they just, they, they had the, the political backing and the force and, and the experience in politics, but that's not where politics is going. You know, there's a, we'll talk about it later. There's this, there's this trend in, in, um, in global politics where, where conventional, conventional sort of the conventional way of doing things, especially in Western, in Western politics is no longer, people don't like, people don't buy it anymore. People are, are more inclined, are, are leaning more towards the extreme ends of parties for for recognition and connection with with someone in power and and he's just trump's just was just a catalyst in in to show that those sorts of people are able to actually get into positions where they can do some um i'm going to be careful how i say this um some who can actually make a difference to the world good or bad you said earlier then that one of your favourite parts of writing this book was being able to go back through some of mm -hmm. Trump's old tweets. I noticed that you managed to dig up a tweet from 09 that actually referenced building the wall and there were several <laughs> other tweets long before the campaign began where he was mentioning a wall. When did the wall become mainstream? Um... I think uh, from from Trump's point of view, or, or in, well, in a, when in a... when did the media pick up on it? Ah, um, only when he was when it became a policy of his. You know, he's been talking about it. Uh, he's been talking about it for as you as you said, he's been talking about it for a long time. But yeah, it wasn't until it became an actual campaign policy that the media began to began to sit up and and pay attention to to what he was actually saying and i mean you see this you see this through through a lot of his policies like the his 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 anti um obamacare uh stance 
his he's been fairly consistent on that for a long time but nobody paid any attention when he was just this real estate mogul you know when he was just businessman and occasional celebrity people didn't really care what he said but but you know but it was only when he got into uh, a situation where he could where he could actually influence the outcome of the nation that the media began to to pay more attention to what he was actually saying which you know maybe more for them i i, I don't know well, i mean we'll see we'll see if we'll see how all that goes but yeah you know i think if people paid attention to what he was saying a lot sooner than the last election would have maybe would have gone slightly differently because the world the media at least and maybe even his political rivals would have been a little more prepared for what he was uh, going to do. It's been well documented how Trump has attacked his enemies. He calls people fake news. For example, when the Russian hacking accusations persisted, he called anyone who was making those accusations sleazeball political operatives. Mm -hmm. However, an interesting aspect that I think you picked up on was how Trump also supports and embraces his allies. For example, in 2015, after there was a storm over Trump's comments about Muslims, the British Mm -hmm. journalist Katie Hopkins wrote a piece defending Trump, to which Trump tweeted, thank you to respected columnist Katie Hopkins of DailyMail.com for her powerful writing in the UK's Muslim problems. What do you make of this embracement of quote-unquote allies? Um, it's, it was at that point, it was, um, it's all about, um, it's just good PR in, in, in many ways. I mean, the, I guess the, the, the cornerstone to, to his, to a lot of what he says, it's, it's about, it's, you know, it's, as I said before, the presidency, the presidency, he, he, he ran his campaign like it was, like it was a business. But I think, um, what's probably more accurate, especially, uh, on this, this subject is, is that there are stages where he looks at, um, the position of president of the United States of America as, as a product and 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 maybe him him in that role also as a product and you know what's the what's the best way to 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 get people to embrace an idea is to is to is to get everybody talking about it you know good or bad it doesn't matter you know if 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 he's if he's consciously um recognizing i mean I, we said it so in the book that he um, Katie Hopkins isn't isn't the most liked person in the world. You know, she's she's hated. She's a she's a she's a columnist for the Daily Mail, and people hate her. And and what I've discovered is is that is that if if people like people in media, they tend not to vocalize their approval and how much they like a journalist or a paper or something. They tend, but if you if people don't like a journalist or a, or a newspaper or something they they're very vocal about it so all as well as as well as um him sort of 
this ally being a way of him being able to push his um, his anti anti Muslim policy, uh, which um, which was a way of him engaging with with um, uh, I guess lower income white middle America who 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 are uh, who do feel threatened by by this um, you know is um, and the 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 um, the clumsy way that it's connected with 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 uh, Islam and that it's that people often perceive that they're both the same thing um, when when they're not I mean they're 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 worlds apart I mean I say this from experience I lived I lived in in, in a Muslim country for for, for a year um, and 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 I've seen um, Yes, there's a lot of oppression in, in 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 societies which are driven by 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 Islam. But but then but then if if we lived in a society which was if we lived in a country where where Christianity was was the cornerstone of of, of government policy, we'd probably have similar um, perceptions of 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 a, that sort of society. So it's it's you know religion and politics never quite mix very well. And 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 I guess I guess um, the the rise of IS and the way that that uh, um, uh, right wing um, politics has taken um, an aggressive approach to IS by linking it with with a with a with a Muslim problem um, is it's it's just it's it's all part of a strategy of, of almost almost a strategy of fear to get to get people to 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 fall in line because because then you say if if you don't if you don't if you don't agree with what i'm saying then you're then you're essentially letting is in um but again to get back to what you're saying it's just it's just good pr if people if people are talking about how trump and, and katie are, are you know are essentially uh media bedfellows um and that it's discussing what they're doing and all this stuff or even if they're saying they like it, it it doesn't matter the fact is that people people are 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 engaged with with what trump is saying and his policy which means people are aware of it and that just filters down and and i think at the end of the day what when it comes to voting i think often that the people just people people vote for what they can relate to and if everybody's been talking about Donald Trump for six months, then people just remember everything that he says. And and through that, people then feel that they can relate to him. So it's just this it's this domino effect of of of, of media. You know, he could say whatever he wants. I mean, if he chosen to 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 side with with uh, with somebody who was who was pro-Islam, we would have we would be having the same conversation. I mean, it, we'd be having the conversation because it's weird because he'd be he'd be oh yes, this this person is right. There there isn't a Muslim problem, but I want to keep them out. But it would still be the same thing. He just needs he just needs a vehicle. And Katie Hopkins was was a was a wonderfully volatile vehicle for him to 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 cuddle up to. You mentioned then how the communication filters down so from terms of whether you loved him or hated him it seemed people couldn't avoid talking or tweeting about trump you you Mm -hmm. highlighted some 
anti-Trump movements on Twitter, for example, hashtag Trump Noir, hashtag mm-hmm. things Trump thinks are overrated, hashtag Golden Showergate. Do mm-hmm. you think that this is part of the old maxim that there's no such thing as bad publicity? Do you think this would have overly concerned Trump or it was just par of the course? Uh, I think it's all, all, all part of the course. Um I mean, you know, he didn't even the 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 interesting thing about the 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 anti-Trump uh, hashtag trends on, on tr- trends on Twitter is that is that that he didn't, although that his actions um, uh, instigated the creation of these of these uh, of these ideas. Um, that was it. There were all people. These, these, these saw these happened organically within within the Twitterverse. You know, Twitter rose up and 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 said no, and this is how we're going to make fun of him. Um, and yeah, it's definitely part of the course. It's all it's all PR. I mean, you know, yes, it's all. They're all saying uh, that they're making fun of him. But it doesn't matter. It, it means that even the people who disagree with with his policies are constantly thinking about Donald Trump, which means that they can be swayed. You know, who's to say that somebody who 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 commented on uh, the things Trump thinks are overrated um, hashtag um, didn't then at some point turn around and go, oh, actually, you know, I've been I've been I've been ranting about how he says these things are terrible for so long, but maybe he's got a point. You know, it's just. And so if you're thinking about him, then you can be you can you are, you are being influenced by him for good or bad. You know, the, 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 the best thing I think that people could have done would be to. If they'd all ignored him, if they just let him tweet all he wants and not done anything about it, I, I think. Um, he wouldn't have had so much power online. They just, they just, they, they were inadvertent, inadvertently, they become integral parts of, of, of his social media campaign machine. Well, certainly mainstream media did not ignore the Donald. <laughs> you, you noted that there's obviously a frosty relationship between Trump and CNN now. However, mm-hmm. you also pointed out that it wasn't always this way. When mm-hmm. did it turn and why? Um... It seems to be whenever, uh, whenever they say, you, you see this across across a lot of media. Um, as soon as a media, a, a, a recognised media body, um, disagreed with everything, anything that he said, or or accused him of um, misquoting or of, or fudging statistics or, or, or exaggerating or anything he took a he took an aggressive anti-media pr- approach to them um and i think and i can't remember exactly where it happens but it's just um it just when it, i mean if cnn had then turned coat and had had been uh, oh, Donald Trump is amazing, fantastic, then he would have probably changed his mind and he would have embraced them happily. But I think they, um, their, uh, their, their, their decision to report on 
oh, I believe it was them anyway, um, their, um, the, the golden shower gate incident, the, 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 um, the document, I think that was the nail in the coffin with regards to Trump and CNN, you know, sort of the, cause I guess the fear is that at, at that point it's, it's still, and probably still is now, it's still just scandal. It's just this, 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 um, wonderfully, um, Tom Clancy-esque, uh, idea of, of, you know, political thrillers and, 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 you know, and, and governments secretly moving in the background to influence other governments, you know, the, it's, it, I mean, I said in a book, it, it often it read, it read exactly like a, 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 cry, a, a political thriller, you know, um, and I think because what they saw is they saw an opportunity to, because at this point, sort of media had had become, had almost become a, a sort of a casualty of its own sensationalism. You know, they were the the the, the press were aware that that Trump was generating this massive this massive amount of of media content on his own. And they were just looking for, for for ways of of showing, I guess, um, the American populace that they that they were still there. And so they jumped on they jumped on this this uh, this golden shower thing, and 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 they reported on it. And you know, and they, they as far as Trump was concerned, they went too far. And and. And I think they did because everybody else pretty much stayed away from it because they saw it as as dangerous territory. Um, and yeah, I mean, the only people, the only news organization which has ever, it seems, has ever gotten into Trump's bad books and has then uh, made a miraculous sort of return to good form in his eyes is is the Fox News network. And unfortunately, um, the, well, it's not unfortunate because it's true, but the Fox News Network is, 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 you know, very, very, very right. And they don't hide it at all. They, they're, they're, they are almost in many ways the, you know, the, the megaphone for the Republican Party at times. Um, and so they were always going to come good again. You know, I think almost in a way you, you, could, you could even... You could even view that that maybe his his uh, his pop at Fox News and their remarkable return to form was a way of of him um, sticking it in the face to to the other media organisations to say, look, you know, I'm not I'm not alienating you um, out of spite. You know, I'm doing it because you said something I don't like. Um, but his choice of of his choice of who he who he chose to to um to show that he could be reasonable i guess um was 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 bad because you know because nobody takes fox news seriously do you think his relationship with the media almost got stuck in a cycle because like you said he would turn on an organization after they said something negative and then trump would say look, they're after me, and then his supporters would say, yeah, the mainstream media are, are out to get you, they're after you, and then he'd be like, see, my supporters say that you're mm-hmm. after me. Do you think it sort of got stuck 
in that cycle? Yeah, this is this is this is what I was trying to get at when I was talking about um, the, the, the a victim of their own sensationalization. Yeah, I mean, and 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 all that does is then drive these alienated organisations to to try and um, to 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 try and prove them wrong by reporting more on it. Um, there was a lot of that. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of um, games being played during during the election um, by everybody, you know. And and I mean, there's this that you you uh, I remember watching um, Barack Obama's last last press press uh, press conference to the media corps in the White House, and like the first 20 minutes of his of his talk is about is about how how the media need to be um need to remain accountable uh need to need to keep the government accountable and that and that him he he embraced having them in the white house and he he although he often disagrees with what they say he understands that the, the nature of their society is that the media shouldn't dis- should be disagreeing with the government often because that's their job. Their job is to is to is to challenge um, what people of influence are saying, and and that was that was very very obvious that he was he was he was thanking the media for for what they'd done, but he was also it was almost his last you know his his final blow in the in in the ring for 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 the presidency um was for him to 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 highlight that that this this uh this this media war had been going on um so yeah it got like, it got really out of hand i mean it was just if if this had been any other election it wouldn't have gone nearly as far as it did, but, but they were all there, you know, they were feeding each other. And, and like we were saying earlier about good PR, you know, anything, any sort of conflict between the free press and the, you know, the president elect um, is good PR because again, people are just, people are talking about them and it's, I mean, how many, how many, how many elections? Uh, how many uh, yeah, yeah, elections was uh, around the world? Does does the world like stop and 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 watch to see what happens? You know, I mean, there's you know there's there's elections in the UK coming up, and and you know we don't have we don't have round the clock coverage of of the the campaigning going on there. Only you know every four years the 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 US election comes up, and the world stops, and we watch to see what's going to happen. You know, so they know they know that they have this massive media presence and that people watch what they say. And I think they just there was I think it's a bit like a drug. It became they all became intoxicated by by the um, by how much people were paying attention, not only to the politicians, but to the media as well. And it all become um, polarized to extremes, which is so. Yeah. So it, it just fed itself. It was, you know, it was like the um like the uh like the snake you know the the um the infinity symbol it just it just kept going round and round and round and round and round i 
can't remember the exact figures at this point, but I remember someone did a study relatively early on and they calculated how much free press Trump received just from people talking about him and what that would have cost him in ad space to get that. And it was something like it ran into the billions just because so many people were talking about him. But Mm -hmm. he, he got all that for free. So I think that feeds into the what you're talking about, about how the snake eating itself and how they fed off each other and the sensationalism of it yeah. all and the, the spectacle, because they know it's a spectacle. Yeah. I mean, to, 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 use a, to, use a, uh, to use an internet term, essentially he, he went viral for, for the election, you know. And, yeah, that's worth financially, like in, pulling dollar, dollar signs on, on, on publicity, that's, that's just phenomenal you know so so yeah he just he worked it really well you know he did he did a really good pr job on everybody you've mentioned media sensationalism a couple of times and you had a really Mm -hmm. good quote that i wanted to point out when you were discussing the infamous access hollywood tapes and the subsequent media response you Mm -hmm. said in terms of media sensationalism and public reaction the tweets and live Facebook press conference can be viewed analytically in a similar vein to Golden Shower Gate. Mm-hmm. So although there was a dip in the polls after that tape was released, do you think because it sort of fed into this sensationalism and what Trump supporters saw as mainstream media going after him, that's why he was able to recover? Yes, um, completely. Um, and, uh, there is more, uh, yeah, he, yeah, it, it, it did. I guess the other thing is that, um, he, like, I found myself often when I was, when I was researching this, I found myself sort of sitting there and thinking, you know, only, do, only Donald Trump could be caught saying these things and only Donald Trump can find a way to, to, to spin it so that he comes out good. So, yeah, I think, I think, and again, the media, the media are victims, victims of their own sensationalism. They, they, they should have, people already knew that he had, um, he has, uh, interesting views, um, about women, um, which, which, you know, which are, are, are really not appropriate for, for modern society and are definitely not appropriate for someone in his position. But so they should have just left it alone, but they didn't because, because it's, cause it's, cause it gets, it gets people tuning into to their network to, to see what they're talking about. And, and yeah, it's totally the same thing, you know, something which should have been, which should have been like a mortal blow to anybody's political campaign um did very little damage and was more damaging to the press that reported on it than than the person that they were targeting um so you know it's yeah it's it's i mean those are those are two really good examples i'm pretty sure there was there was more through the election which i just just hadn't seen Uh, in fact no there was there was um they, uh, the, the, but there was a really early rally where, where the, uh, fire marshal didn't allow 
his hundreds of thousands of supporters into the venue or something. And it was spun as, as how this, this fire marshal was, a was, a, you know, was a lefty and was trying to sabotage Trump's campaign. And, and it turns out that that's, that's complete false, that it was just, they'd agreed the venue could hold a certain number of people and they hit that number and there were still more people outside and his job was to not let them in. But, but the media jumped on it uh, because he jumped on it, and and again, it just it just it just fed the snake. So it's yeah, it's all. So I guess I guess the scary thing is that this is this is these are probably the the new the new concepts which will drive future elections in 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 at least Western societies around the world that people will will use this um, level of 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 theater and in a way manipulation of the media to get their message across to engage with with people who can make a difference but don't normally vote you said a couple of times a phrase that i think a lot of other commentators have picked up on and that's Mm -hmm. only trump could get away with this or some Mm -hmm. version of only trump could do this you you pointed out that after the infamous access hollywood tapes and there was a dip in the polls mainstream Republicans started distancing themselves from Trump. So then Trump proceeds to go on a tirade and he just does tweet after tweet after tweet against his own party, the party that if he's elected, he's supposed to Mm -hmm. lead. I think that was, well, what, what would you, what would you make of that? What would be your. Uh, His, his, well, it was, it was, it was just, he was, I, he, he'd become, uh, because he had this, this history of, of, um, I guess, um, rebellion within the party, um, that he'd come through it, you know, um, and he'd, he'd won that, you know, and so I think, um, I think he thought he was invincible and I, and I think he, he knows that, that he can that the the ideas that he's pushing at that point about uh, you know draining the swamp and and all of this stuff about about uh reforms in in washington to to make the political process um more honest um that he he can use um this um this mutiny as a as a weapon to 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 prove and 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 i guess the thing is that at this point you know if they he's already he's already threatened to to run as an independent you know the the the, the first the first debate when he said he if if he doesn't win the republican vote he can't guarantee that he won't pledge his support to the person who wins the vote he's already he's running for it regardless of who he runs for he doesn't care so if the Republican Party out him and replace him with, who knows, maybe Cruz or someone like that, then it's just ammunition for him. So he had nothing to lose um, when he said those things, which I think is why he said it, because he was so sure of his position and he was he was so sure that they would fall in line. And then he'd know, I guess, in a way that he sort of owns them because because you know nobody can compare to 
to Trump, I guess, as, as far as Trump's ego perceives. Um, so I think a lot of those tweets were, were just were just hot air and flack, to be honest. I think he was just he was angry and he was saying those things. But I don't think there was any. Um, in hindsight, there was no there was no risk that he was going to be dethroned. Um, but he still to continue this this trend in the way that he the way that he expresses emotion and 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 ideas on Twitter, he sort of he sort of had to say those things, um, which I guess brings up the idea of that that he, has he become then a victim of his own of, of his own machine? Is he now forced to say things that that he has to say because historically he's taken that that line? Um, <laughs> it's an interesting idea. I think I might have to explore that in my in my own time. Um, but yeah, he's you know that's I think. Yeah, that's it. I think he's also, in a way, become a victim of, of his own success. You mentioned in there the sort of rebellious outside of mentality of Trump. If there was one thing that Trump loved more than nicknaming his, nicknaming his opponents, it was a good hashtag. <laughs> you highlighted the drain the swamp phrase that was actually mm -hmm. originally coined by politician and socialist Winfield R. Gaylord. Mm -hmm. How did a socialist phrase become the catch cry of a Republican? Yeah, that was why I wanted to pursue it, really, because because it was it was an interesting evolution. Um, it's it's just been um, from what I could tell, it's just been uh, the idea, um, despite its origins, the idea has been used um, throughout. Uh, U.S. political history as 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 a as a as a metaphor for reform and change, um, and and I think that so so um, like for example, um, uh, it's used post um, post nine eleven as a as a as a metaphor to signify that the U.S. are going to um, clean up and reform. Um, Afghanistan and that whole region of the world um, in response to, to to the September attacks. Um, so I think there's a because there's this history of this phrase being used, and it, maybe maybe not necessarily um, it's a phrase that that the average voter will be aware of. But I think it it rang true for a lot of. Um, people working in government. So I think that was more, as well as it being a catchy phrase um, and, a, and, a, and a sort of, and, and a nice um, metaphor for, for illustrating um, how Trump perceives um, the, the US government to be this, this sort of a, a dirty cesspool of, 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 people just helping each other out without any real um uh, ambitions of 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 doing government for the people i think it's it's more it was more a case of him of him using um a well-known concept to illustrate to people in government that that he meant business and 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 that uh, as a rogue candidate he was 
this was something that he could do because he's outside the system and only someone outside the system can can truly bring reform in because they're not then influenced by the thing that they're trying to change. In addition to using past metaphors, he was also quite partial to making his own. Possibly <laughs> the most famous hashtag of all was MAGA, shortened hand for Make America Great Again. You mm-hmm. describe the phrase as more powerful and aggressive than Hillary's I'm with her, etc. other phrases that became popular on her side. What do you think gave it that aggression? And do you think it goes back to the earlier point we were discussing about the use of new communicative tools and the difference between Hillary and Trump in that sense? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. It's a bit of both. There's, there's a, there, there is a, um... There is this idea about about uh, short phrases that people can can relate to, and 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 you know, uh, you know, a five character uh, hashtag is a lot easier um, if someone wants to communicate an idea um, within the the confines of of the MAGA um, hashtag. Then they're able to more effectively, you know, because because they've still got a hundred. Uh, 37 characters to play with um but i think also it's it's more it was he obviously he had to shorten it for for the purposes of 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 social media um but i think that the power the power lies um unfortunately um whenever whenever I heard "Make America Great Again." All I could think of was "Team America, World Police." It was the only thing that goes through my head every time I hear it. But I, I, it's relevant because because um, there's this uh, at least I think there is this perception about um, you know America as as it's, I guess it's been a through history from from the way that they intervened during during two world wars and and their entire history um, of 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 how they're 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 like you know they're like they're like um they're like the world's big brother uh not in the orwellian sense but in terms of in like in in sense of family that they're they're there to 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 have your back and to go in and to you know punch the bully in the face um and i think and part of his strategy part of his his crooked hillary strategy and all this stuff um, was to was this idea that that through um, through diplomacy um, on a global scale um, to bring true global progress, you know, the the the, the cornerstone of of Obama's term, um, that somehow that's weakened um, the U.S. and 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 he and and this is this is a lot of this you know this drives a lot of his policies you know the whole the whole build the wall uh policy the his um his anti-muslim policy it's all um even oh even even the anti-obamacare there's this there's this great quote where he says the 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 greatest um the greatest um form of like social welfare is employment you know his his part his 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 answer to everything is just give everybody a job and they're happy and they're fine because they have money, um, and and this is what he's driving. He's 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 got this this he's he's tuned into this this romantic 
um, nostalgia of 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 like post post war um, America, where where it was all American made and 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 you know sleek new technology and you know like you know uh, you know all that, all those all that artwork all that um, modernist artwork from the from the US or postmodern artwork from the US from that, you know the, the sleek the bullet trains and and sort of the that very futuristic sort of uh, a feel of of a, of a modern city and and I think I think in my opinion a lot of a lot of his voters were were trying to connect with that idea because they saw that as prosperous times um and you know while the rest of the world was rebuilding from devastating war the us had physical casualties but largely their infrastructure was intact so they they didn't have to they didn't have to rebuild their society's structure they just had to get on with it which is where they became this this strong powerhouse and and this is what make america great again connects to um it's a very old-fashioned idea um but that's you know that's it's often what his how his voters were were thinking i think they had old-fashioned ideas about what was amazing and and his part of his product pr his advert his, his advertising strategy for for the job was to is to is to tell people what, what they want to hear and that's what they wanted to hear you briefly touched on then Trump's point of view on a number of policies, healthcare, mm. immigration, jobs, etc. A lot of the criticism from my point of view that I've noted of Trump is that people think he's rather inconsistent when it comes to policies. Mm-hmm. For, for mine, a very interesting thread that I found throughout your book was that you basically made the point of if you were paying attention, there's a common thread that runs through all these policies and he's had them for quite some time. Yes. Um, yeah, he's, it's just the, the thread is, 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 is just business. Everything, everything he, he does, um, is geared at, is geared, is geared towards, I guess the best way to catch that is, is whenever, whenever I, I try to to distill this down to a simple term. It's like I imagine Donald Trump standing in front of the concept and saying, "How can I make money doing this?" And and that's what it's. I mean, his whole like part of his part of his argument for like his big beef with China. He, he doesn't like China because, and he even said it. He said it in his um, in his when he was being interviewed, I don't know, it wasn't an interview. It was, it was his, it was his speech to announce that he was going to run for, uh, run to become president. Um, he said that, he said that he sees China as a, as a competitor, that that's it. It's just, it's just a business finance, you know, um, he sees IS as, as, as a financial competitor in many ways, both ideologically and, and, uh, he also, now I'd like to think it's metaphorical, but I don't think it was. He he talked about how how um, how how IS um, are able to build hotels in countries where he can't build them, you know. And just 
everything he does is 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 how can I make money? And I think I think some of the attraction to him as president and some of the driving force behind his policies is that is that people is that he's promised in in different ways that he can translate this this success that he's had at making money um, into a into politics which will allow everybody to to have the same success that he can make the u.s rich he can make the 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 citizens of the u.s rich by doing all of these things you know and 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 like you see that in his going back to the war you know he had this he's trying to he's trying to get um businesses to stay to stay in the u.s and 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 he praises one business for staying and then he he basically calls one out and then outlines his aggressive um anti-business import policy um all within the same twitter stream you know he, uh, i can't remember they make they make bearings for engines or something and they're moving to mexico and he basically calls out the ceo of the company and says that's naughty don't do that and this is how i'm going to punish you and if you're an outside business that's really scary but if you're which means that you have to stay in the us and if you stay in the us you have to, it means that you you generate jobs and and although it's it doesn't make everybody as rich as Donald Trump it makes them feel better that there's this there's this concept that there'll be a, a an economic boom with if he's able to s- successfully translate um his business practices into policies which get through and are enacted you end the book on inauguration day mhm you point out that whether by design or happenstance he didn't live tweet the inaugu- the inauguration for you did this signal a change in rhetoric a more presidential style perhaps and how do you see that moving forward um well uh at the time um yes i i thought that he um he'd he'd won so he'd stopped he'd used the tool uh almost like it almost felt like um his entire use of twitter had just been to get him to this point so he could stop and then and then he could just get on with the next part you know he's 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 done the he's essentially he's done the r&d and now he's gonna he's he's gonna develop develop the product and twitter was the r&d um so so yeah i um you know, I was, I was happy and sad. I was, I was, I was happy that that this, um, that he'd stopped, in many ways because he was. He often says some fairly offensive stuff, um, and he says he says things which someone in his position should not be saying. I mean, a lot of the arguments I try to point out is that it's not that he's saying it; it's that he's saying it coming from. The position of where he's at you know you can't antagonize china by using taiwan when you are you know about to become the leader of one of the most powerful countries in the world you know you just can't do that that's you know that's just crazy um so i was i was happy that he'd stopped but i was also a little bit sad because because um well, from a from a from a book perspective, it would it would make a second a follow up book a bit tricky if he'd actually stopped using Twitter. Um, but also, um, 
he's quite entertaining. I mean, it's it's scary, but he's 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 he makes a good read. When you when you're reading through his tweets, some of them are are, are, are fun, you know, in terms of. I mean, they're not fun, but they they make you laugh because 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 the things he say are absurd. So I was concerned, um, happy but concerned that he'd stopped. Um, fortunately, um, it didn't last, um, and he was he was back on he was back on the ball pretty quick, and um, and this is where he this is where he. This is where the the the, the dynamic between uh, at real Donald Trump and uh, at POTUS forty forty five. Yes, good. Uh, at POTUS forty five, um, where that comes into play, because you know, because sometimes you know he says some things as POTUS and he says some things as as Donald Trump, and then and then he gets POTUS to retweet the things that Trump has said, which is a way of him of him getting across what he truly means without it, without him having to say it as the president of the United States tweeted this, the president just retweeted it, which means the president agrees with what this man is saying. Um, but he can't say them. He can't illustrate it himself because of his position of power. Um, which, which is an interesting idea considering they're both the same person. So it's sort of this, there's this, um, it's sort of introduced this, um schizophrenia uh in 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 the way that um he is using social media to continue to drive his policies i think i think it's it's safe to say that for 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 it to be true that he is he has truly embraced um social media in a way and is using it as a major tool for him to communicate his ideas that he can't stop using Twitter because otherwise it's just a very clever campaign strategy. I think I think he's he's always going to use Twitter because he, uh, I guess, he agrees with 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 the way he wants to communicate. Um, but the going forward, um, just comparing what he says on both accounts. Um, In many ways, it shows, you know, the ego of this man uh, that he can he can he can say this as as one person, and and then he can he feels that it's appropriate for 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 the president's Twitter account to retweet the things that he's saying, even when they're things that you know that that a man in that position in public office should probably be filtering out. Um, but it's it's a trend. It's it's how he works. It's it's you know if anything we can say that at least he's consistent. Um, and you know, and that's he has consistency. And whether that's a good or a bad thing, I mean, consistency is usually a good thing. Whether it's a good thing in this case is is, I guess we'll find out in you know three and a half years time. But James, we have taken up way too much of your time. Thank you very much. I would like to end on this note. You end your book with the following note to the reader. As Trump pursues the risque policies he campaigned for, as his advisors are appointed or resign, I am watching and taking note. 
There will be more books as Trump's political milestones become my editorial deadlines. How is Trump Tweets 2.0 shaping up? Well, it's getting there. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be interesting. We were we were hoping for for uh, for uh, a review of the end of the honeymoon period, um, but it hasn't quite happened. Um, I think it's it's interesting to to see that uh, what Trump has become is um, is he's now realised that is that the things that he promised are things that he can probably he's still going to try to do, but the job gets in the way. Um, he still says some crazy things on social media. He still pushes through some bizarre um, policies. Um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have the same, aggression as as the election book but then that's not really what you want in a in a in a in a man of in that position you don't want someone who's aggressive all the time um yeah whether he's you know it's just yeah it's just it's going to be, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be different. It's, you know, he's, he's had to change the way he's, he's done things and, and that's reflected in, in the things he said. But at the end of the day, his, his core understanding of how to use social media hasn't changed. So he still, he still says crazy things, but, but again, there's always this consistency in history. He's, Although his ideas may seem outrageous at the time, there's always a pattern that shows that he's always had those ideas, and and that's what's interesting. That's what's going to make a year a, a year in review of, of of what he's done interesting is to see how how that conflicts with with him having to conform to conventional politics, which I think in many ways is why he wants to to uh, to 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 change it is because it doesn't work in the way that he needs it to work. James, thank you so much for coming on here and being interviewed. I very much look forward to you returning for Trump tweets, the second edition, which I thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. The book is Trump tweets, his social media phenomenon. The author is James Pointer. I've been your host, Monica Wilkie, on the New Books Media and Communications channel. Thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. 